You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Thank you for everyone for joining in. This is the last Sunday in November and we are about to go into the month of December uh, for our Sundays. And for the month of December, things take on a different type of uh, vibe, if you will. Just to turn on the, uh, thank you. So it takes on a different vibe. And I just wanted, before December starts, remember we're going to start gathering together again next Sunday. Um, and it's the first Sunday in December, so we've got a different thing going on. But I really want to try and just grab your attention and get you to tune in on what I think is an unusual question asked by the great Apostle Paul in the Bible. And you mightn't think it's an unusual question, but the reason I call it that is because it's not recorded that Paul ever asked this other than this one occasion. And by the grace of God, I know the Holy Spirit is on this question. Because this is why my subtext here, what would your answer be? And that's where I'm going today. And thank you, Michael, for the prayer. And may God bless his word to our souls. Amen. So, an unusual question. I'm going to be looking at Acts 19, uh, verses 1 to 7. And again, to get the full impact of this, you have to feed yourself at home as well. Um, we can feed you so much, but you really need to feed your soul by reading context and so on. So read Acts 18 and the rest of Acts 19. Um, but we're looking at Paul, great apostle, wrote most of the New Testament, and he is on one of his missionary journeys. There were three of them, all around Turkey, Greece, Syria, Israel, that area. And so we're going to read about Paul on one of his journeys. And it starts in a place called Corinth, and it starts with Paul walking or traveling into a place called Ephesus, which is still there today. It's in Turkey, and you can even go to Ephesus and see a lot of the remains from New Testament times. So we're going to, I'm gonna dive straight in to the portion of scripture. Please, if you can, just read it with me. I know the dog is barking and the child is running around and you're trying to get your cup of coffee or whatever. But you know, how about we just give the next 25 minutes just to the Lord and you've all the rest of the week to do the dog and the coffee and whatever. Let's just focus in on what God may be saying to some of us today. So here we are, let's dive straight in. While Apollos was uh, at Corinth, Paul, he was leaving it, took the interior road uh, and arrived at Ephesus. And there he found some disciples and asked them, here we go, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I don't anyone turning it, tuning out now, please, okay? Bear with us. No. We've never really heard about any Holy Spirit, they answered. So what baptism did you receive? Paul asked. John's baptism, they replied. And Paul said, that was really just a baptism of repentance. And this is what Paul explained. And so then, Paul, they were baptized by Paul into the name of the Lord Jesus. 
And then Paul laid his hands on them, and then the Holy Spirit came upon them. They all spoke in tongues and prophesied, and there were about 12 men in all. So you might go, Asher, I've heard something like this before. I don't know that you have. First thing we see is that we're told Paul took the interior road to Ephesus. What we need to remember is Ephesus is, has a port, Miletus, it was very close. Most people came to Ephesus and they arrived by ship. But here we see Paul going a different way to Ephesus, the interior way. It meant he came to a new part of town altogether than anyone else had previously. I sense prophetically that the Lord is speaking to someone and he's saying to you, you need to approach the issue you're facing from a different perspective. How about you take the interior road to this situation rather than always going into the harbour? So it's a bit like we're here on McCartan Street in Cork City Centre. Hello to everyone who's watching from overseas. But we're near the harbour. If you arrive in the harbour, you'll come to say where our church is. But you could be living in some place like Ballincollig and it's a good distance away. And if you, you're better off if you're coming from the interior, right? I don't know, North Kerry or something, you hit there first. So Paul hits a different part of town, but perhaps some people need to look at their issue and do it from a different perspective because you're locked in to one way of thinking. And I, I sense God is saying to someone, just look at it from another perspective. And maybe in that is the key to you, the solution to this issue. Now, the background to this is that Paul tried to go to Ephesus two chapters earlier, but the Holy Spirit, the Lord, stopped him. He wanted him to go to Macedonia instead. So Paul couldn't go there. And then in Acts 18, we read that Paul did get there, but he was on a flying visit. He had to get to Jerusalem for a certain date to uh, honour a commitment he had made. So he really wanted to stay longer, but he couldn't. So it was almost like just a little taster. But finally, what we just read, Paul was able to make a full visit. And he was able to stay with these guys and really begin to minister in Ephesus. So, you know, it's like the old saying, third time lucky. Paul came and he arrived there. And we're told he found these 12 men. And here's what is important to know. There were already believers, and we read about them earlier in Ephesus, and Paul preached to them on that flying visit, but these guys don't seem to be connected to them. They were in a different part of town. Ephesus was a large place. So they weren't exposed to what was going on in that other congregation near the harbour in Ephesus. So Paul is coming and he finds the guys here, and, um, sorry, I meant to put that in, his full visit. And so he finds these guys, and straight away, and the Bible seems to be quite clear about this, straight away, Paul comes out with this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Why, why did Paul ask that question? He's not recorded as asking it anywhere else, but obviously Paul picked up something. He could see that these were genuine believers because the, he says, when you believed, he knew they loved the Lord. In fact, Luke uh, records them as disciples. These guys took their faith serious. Decent, honorable, good people who loved the Lord. But yet Paul knew 
something more could be added to their experience. And he asks the question, what did Paul discern? What did he pick up exactly? Is it that there was a lack of something? Well, we're not told in the Bible. Perhaps, perhaps it's that Paul just sent something in his spirit that God prompted him to ask the question. Maybe it's that. The thing about this though is it was an unusual question and the bottom line is Paul knew these guys were missing a blessing. Are you missing a blessing? Because maybe some of us are. And not just the first time. Remember the Bible, Paul wrote, we should be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. Be ye being filled is literally what it says in the original Greek. And so I know with lockdown, a lot of people felt discouraged. Maybe you're dry and maybe you need to be filled again. And so the question is just as valid for you. Here's what's really important though. Paul didn't meet these guys and he didn't ask this question to expose them. Paul didn't come to try and catch them out. Do you ever meet a fella or a woman or whatever? Do you ever meet someone and they can go, do you believe in such and such? And what about this? Are you like that now or what? It's like they're trying to catch you. They're full of judgment. And as soon as they find out, I don't know, you don't subscribe to their thing or whatever, there's loads of judgment comes from them and all that. And if they do find you're missing something, they crow about and they're delighted. This is not what was going on here. This is out of a genuine hearty concern. The problem is that in our culture today, brothers, sisters, we're so politically correct that it's almost like you'd be afraid to ask that question. But you know, if you're a Christian and you want to bless someone's life, sometimes you have to ask a question. Even more important if you're in leadership, sometimes in a Christian church, you literally have to say something that is true and some people won't like it. But you know what? Their argument is with God and scripture. Amen. And you just have to ask it. So Paul isn't trying to judge them or catch them out. He just sensed from the Holy Spirit they were missing a blessing. You know what it's like? We have a load of birds fly over our house. I'm sure you're the same. I saw a bird a few weeks ago that had a damaged wing and was trying to fly with one wing. And you know, as I looked at it, I thought of my own life and how I went through seasons in my Christian walk where I was trying to fly with one wing. Something wasn't right in my soul. And maybe, and not that it's not right in your soul, but maybe you're missing a blessing, brothers, sisters, and you're like a bird with one wing trying to fly. And here, far free, God has given us such a blessing. And this is not, and I get so weary of this, where some Christians say, oh no, no, uh, you get the Holy Spirit when you first believe. Yes, you do. The Holy Spirit indwells in you. But this is another blessing. John Wesley used to call it the second blessing because Paul already knew they believed. They did have the Holy Spirit in them, but this was something more. So Paul isn't catching them out. And maybe today some of us just shouldn't be too politically correct. We just have to say what's true, to bless someone. This is a life-giving question. Look at their honest answer. We've never even heard of a Holy Spirit. And many people who are coming into our church and coming to faith, and we had a good few during the summer. Hallelujah. Would anyone say hallelujah? Hallelujah. And amen. Hallelujah. Many people 
came to faith when we were open during the summer and by the grace of God many more over December as well when we're back in. But I remember many people coming to faith. And as they came to faith, uh, we just saw the blessing. But they didn't even know there was such a thing as the Holy Spirit. And many people don't. But if you're watching this, you don't have that excuse. You know about the Holy Spirit. Mm. Let me quote someone that you probably wouldn't think would have a comment on this. I refer to the Prince of Preachers, a man called Charles Spurgeon. Um, a vulnerable man and a powerfully anointed man struggled with depression and he was open about it, which is probably why he lasted the course. He wasn't hiding it, he was open about it. But God used this man greatly and he had such a ministry, the amount of people who came to faith and he had a massive church in London and all that. But um, he was ministering towards the end in the 1880s, 1890s particularly. About this verse, here's what he said. Give a man an electric shock, and I tell you, and I tell you, he will know it. How much more will he know if he has the Holy Spirit? Amen. He was a Baptist. Hallelujah. Mm. He compares it to like an electric shock. So the power of God comes upon you for the first time if this never happened or if you found you've run dry and you are baptizing the Spirit but you're running dry, the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you again and you know that you know that you know that you know the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And so the guys, uh, these 12 guys were re-baptized. They got baptized again because they were baptized in John the Baptist and now they were baptized in the name of Jesus. We're told that um, Paul said to them that was just a baptism of repentance that you had and they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Why is this important? It shows they were taking their faith seriously. They weren't going, Paul said, have you got the Holy Spirit? You need to be baptized. And they didn't just go, air to mind the baptism thing, that's a bit of a hassle, I'm feeling comfortable right now. Here should go and grab give me the Holy Spirit there, let's have an old go. You see, that wasn't always happening at all. This is an outward symbol that these guys were taking their faith seriously. They really were hungry after God. Are you? I would suspect you are, because you wouldn't be tuned in if you weren't. So I think anyone watching, whether you're watching live or on catch-up, Chances are you're quite hungry after God. And so maybe I'm speaking to some of you about this happening for the first time. And maybe I'm speaking to more who need that refilling. They took their faith seriously. And look what happened immediately after their baptism. Paul laid his hands on them. This is what they did in the New Testament. They laid hands on them. This is what we've always done in this church. But we can't do it at the moment. <laughs> We can't do it at the moment. But God isn't confined by circumstances or geography. In normal times, and by the grace of God, maybe sometime around Easter or after, we can start getting back to all of that. But in the meantime, do you think Jesus Christ is limited because of the pandemic? I don't think so. Amen. I don't think so. Amen. Paul laid his hands on them, prayed that the Holy Spirit would fall upon them. And what happened? We read it earlier. The Holy Spirit came upon them and they all spoke in tongues and prophesied. What spoke in tongues? 
It's basically a prayer language that you get where the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is the usual form. Maybe not always, but usually. And you don't understand it. It might even sound like gibberish. But you know what? Something kicks in in your spirit. And it's like that electricity, that fire, that power, that joy comes upon you. And you know you're connecting into the supernatural and that there's something of the future coming into your present. It's powerful. And they prophesied. They spoke words of encouragement to the others there about God. This is powerful. I would love to have been at that meeting. And you could say, there was only 12 <laughs> it doesn't matter the power of God was there. Hallelujah. Amen. Again, I, I repeat myself. People say, do you find it very hard when there's only two of you at the meeting? No. No. No, we don't because we started off with no one. There was a tiny, us and our wives and kids and a few friends. We were a tiny little group. Little tribe of Benjamin and all that. We were tiny. But you know what? We knew God was there. We loved God and one another. I would love to have been at that meeting. The question, the unusual question, brought life. Maybe you think the bald guy on the telly or on your phone is asking a silly question today because he can't physically lay hands on you. I'm unrepentant. Because that question is as valid today, Amen. 2,000 years later, as it was back then. There has been a continuous stream of men and women who love the Lord, who knew this experience. Do you know why I'm preaching this today? Because this week, just gone by a few days ago, it is exactly a year since we had the anointing of oil gathering here in the church. And we anointed people's heads with oil, we prayed for he healing, we prophesied, we prayed for their requests and their deep desires. Denise, Michael, myself, supported by our prayer and care team, it's powerful now. We do it two or three times a year. And I realized this week, it's a whole 12 months since mm. we were able to do it. We were going to do it in March. Right. And then, you know, you all know what happened. Do you know, when I'm on my deathbed, and I'm remembering things to do with God, I remember the day I was baptized in water. Do you know another thing I remember, among a few other things, I remember my hands dripping with olive oil. Because after we do those evenings, literally, Michael is the same thing, our hands are dripping with oil. And I will take that image to the grave with me. Because it's one of those powerful images you just don't let go. And I was at home, and we have loads of trees in our garden. And for about a six week period, October into November, I'm constantly brushing up the leaves. And one day it was so sunny and dry, the leaves were just cracking. And I thought, it's like my hands. It's so long since I fed the oil in my hands to pray over people. And it's almost like I'm grieving for that. Now I'm sure some people go, God, you have a tough life, but I'm sure that's just easy for you. I, I don't care. This is something that's really important because I have seen the power of God transform lives. And so this is difficult for us, and it's one of the things in the lockdown that, that we do uh, miss. However, I've said it already, God is not confined. Amen. Look at what he did in the New Testament. Paul couldn't get around to everyone. And look what happened in Acts 19.11. We're told God did unusual miracles through Paul, so that even pieces of cloth that he had touched were taken to the sick, and they were healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Did you know that Paul wrote 1 Corinthians while he was in Ephesus? The most detailed account we have of the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit he wrote while he was with these 12 men in Ephesus around that time. This is what he did. And so he, he wrote out of this experience. And so when he was all around Turkey and Greece and so on at this time, even the cloths were uh, that he had touched were healing people. And I'm not saying take one of my cloths and you'll be healed. That's not what I'm saying at all. I am saying though that just because you're watching a screen doesn't mean that God can't baptize you in the Holy Spirit today. It doesn't mean that you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit again. In unusual times, our God will do unusual things. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So brothers and sisters, I finish with the question, have you received the Holy Spirit? And that's to some, and it's not a judgment, it's just a life-giving question. It's totally up to yourself whether you want to be honest enough and answer it. And if you haven't received the Holy Spirit, if you have the heart for it, be open in your bedroom, in your car, in your kitchen, in your living room, that the Holy Spirit will fall upon you very soon. Amen. And you'll speak in a language you don't understand, and you might even prophesy. Hallelujah. You might prophesy. And if you have received the Holy Spirit in the past, but you've run dry, you think that Jesus is hindered from coming into your room or your car right now and filling you again with the Holy Spirit. When I first had the Holy Spirit fall upon me, I was on my own, in my bedroom, reading the Bible. I was only a few days a Christian, and I know waves of liquid love fell upon me in that bedroom, and I couldn't stop myself from just speaking quietly in this new language I got. And I will never forget that experience. And I continue 40 years later uh, praying and praising God in tongues. This is not a word of judgment, it's a word of encouragement and a word of invitation. And it is between you and God. So brothers and sisters, I'm about to pray that prayer. What would your answer be? But we're going to just sing this beautiful song about the power of God coming upon us. Michael is going to sing it and then I'm going to come back and pray. Hang in there. Maybe God wants to move on you.
think Jesus is closed up shop because you're watching on a screen. I can't lay hands on you. It doesn't matter. Not really. The Holy Spirit can come upon you now. But if you one eye on looking out the window or one eye on the cat, I don't know that you're in a place to receive it. But if you are, with all your heart, ready to receive it, God ask you to do something. If you've already received the Holy Spirit and you want a second pouring of the Holy Spirit or just want to be filled again, I'm going to ask you wherever you are, lift up your hands in your room, in your car, doesn't matter, people don't care what you're doing. And if you've never had the Holy Spirit come upon you, how about you put one hand on your head and you lift another hand up. So let's pray. For every man and woman, boy and girl, who has heard about the Holy Spirit today and has a heart after you and craves the things of God. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would come upon my brothers and my sisters. In the name of Jesus, we ask you, Jesus, to baptize each one with the Holy Spirit. Loosen their tongues, let heavenly or earthly languages Bring up in their soul and let these words go straight to the throne of God and let that electric current go through their system and may they remember the day that the Holy Spirit baptized them in his power and in his love. Despite the obstacles, oh God, do it as a distance thing because we can't be together right now, but do it in a powerful and a real way. And for each one who wants to be filled again, I speak to you, my brothers, my sisters. We leak. And so I pray, oh living God, would you refresh, would you renew, would you restore, oh God, the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit into each one. Let us all be filled again. Who say amen? Amen. Fill me again, oh God. Fill each one watching again. Power of God, because we are not doing some religious ritual. This is living relationship. Hallelujah. And may the living God come into your bedroom, into your kitchen, into your living room, into your car. Holy Spirit move in power. Like you do at Ephesus. And let my brothers and sisters speak in tongues and even prophesy. We pray in Jesus' name and God's people say, Hallelujah! Awake, awake, awake my soul. God resurrect me from death to life for you alone. Awake my soul. Awake, awake, awake my soul.
God would breathe over every one of our lives, Lord, as we get up for work or for school or for study to do the tasks that we have to do in this coming week. Let the breath of God breathe upon our rising up and our lying down, our coming in and our going out, both now and forever. We pray this in Jesus' name and the people of God say, Amen. 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 We're nearly done. Brothers and sisters, we're nearly finished. I want to come back to you, however, with the final thing, and that is we want to give you the answer to our grace quiz before we finish. Remember, our grace quiz was really, really simple. The question was, what was the middle name? What was Tom's middle name? What was the initial? We gave you an option. What was it? His name is Tom C. Burke. And what does it stand for? So, is it was it A for store? Was it B Connor? Was it C, Coleman? Well, the winning entry in terms of who entered the most was actually B. Most people said Connor, but you were wrong. The correct answer is C. What's your middle name, comrade? Would you believe my middle name is Coleman, or an Irish Coleman? Coleman. And uh, it was done because my mother really likes the big church in Cove, with, which is called St. Coleman's Cathedral. So if you ever visit that cathedral, you can think of me. Isn't that a wonderful Coleman. One of two people suggest that your middle scene should be Comrade, but there you go. Most of Thomas Comrade work. Well, our winner today comes from Douglas, and it's somebody who actually got the same Coleman connection absolutely bang on. Our winner today is Julie Fitzgerald. Congratulations to you, Julie Fitzgerald. Stay there in Douglas with Patrick and Freya and Maya tuned in this morning. You are the winner today. So do send us in your email address and we will make sure that you get that voucher for 20 euros being sent to you from Chuck Sullis Online Christian Booksellers. Brothers and sisters, that's it for today. But this is what I want to say to you. We will be here live online again next Sunday at 11.30, but we will be live in the building at 10 and at half past 11 next Sunday morning. Stay tuned to our social media channels. We'll be giving you all the necessary updates throughout the week. But until then, may God bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. Be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his all-surpassing, trouble-surpassing, mind-bending peace in Jesus' mighty name. Would anyone say amen? Amen. God bless you. Keep your brothers and sisters. This is Sophia Kowar singing us out this morning.